I'm Leslie Torres. And I'm Bronna Marks. And together we co-host West Coast Mix and Bounce. For all things West Coast NBA. That's right. We cover the Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, and yes, the Kings and the Suns. When there's something good to talk about. We have a new and fun episode every two weeks where we break down the craziest headlines in the NBA that pertain to the West Coast teams. We are such a niche podcast that you won't find anywhere else. I mean, two girls with experience in the field talking West Coast basketball. Um, yeah, you want to listen. This is West Coast Mix and Bounce brought to you by LAFB Network. Hey guys, welcome back to West Coast Mix and Bounce. What a weird start to the season. Um, A lot of teams are kind of showing off. Some are not showing out really well on the West Coast (laughs) right now. But we have a lot to talk about today, Leslie, no matter what's going on, um, just in the world and on the court. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we'll start with our most, I think, surprising team so far would be the Suns. They are technically tied with the Lakers for first place in the Pacific Division. Um, and so far, they they look real good. What, what do you think? Like, how? what's your reaction on this start to the season? Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. Everything's kind of a little bit crazy. I didn't, I didn't think we would start our podcast talking about the Suns' first team. Never would have thought that would happen, but here we mm-hmm. are. And you're right, the Suns are playing extremely well, I think. They're tied in first place with the Lakers for um, West Coast Conference standings. And, I mean, it's from what I've witnessed in the first eight or nine games, they are really playing well together. Chris Paul, Devin Booker. And it's kind of really seemed like it's a team effort. The Suns have finally done something right, <laughs> I think, by well, adding Chris Paul to their team. Um, that's kind of what they've been missing. I've, we've been saying this for many podcasts. We're in episode 31. So I think we've always been saying the Suns have to draft a good point guard or they have to get a point guard with skills. They need a vet. And finally, mm-hmm. they got that in Chris Paul. And um, that's what they, that's what they've been missing. And it's definitely the right combination with Devin Booker. And along with that, they also have a better coach, I feel, in Monty Williams. He's, yes, yes. He's directing the team perfectly well, along with Chris Paul. Their presence there is definitely felt. And especially, I think, if we focus more on Chris Paul, his veteran presence is there, not just on offense, like passing and like making sure that guys get the ball, but also on defense, as I've kind of noticed, um, De- DeAndre Aiden is doing so much more better on defense. And we had talked about this when they drafted um, that one other guy. I forgot his name. But we were just like kind of like, is it going to work out? Is it not going to work out? And so far, it's been working out really well for the Suns. So what do you think about <laughs> the Suns this season? Yeah, I, I mean, I think just looking back, like you said, they've every team has played, if not eight games, about eight or nine games already and just within the last three games you know just jumping back uh over this past week looking back they played Denver and that's when they improved to their NBA best record of five and one um and like you said Monty Williams honestly I think he deserves a little clap clap because the Suns have been struggling we knew they were you know 
improving, adding new people to the roster. They, they were in a growth period. They were definitely in a growth period. But now they have big players that have developed, like Booker, like Aiden. Um, and, you know, they had, they brought in somebody like Jay Crowder mm-hmm. to, to the mix, not even just Chris Paul. Because I feel like Chris Paul, yeah. he's contributing, but I feel like he has felt the need to be number one on previous teams, like all the time, top scoring, top assisting, like all over the court, playing full minutes, et cetera. But now that he's kind of like in this veteran age, mm-hmm. he's more for the clutch shot again against Denver. Um, just, you know, in the beginning of this year, he the biggest highlight, he hit a clutch jumper with seven seconds left. Um you know, and he's been putting up anywhere between 15 to 20 points. But Booker is also taking control mm-hmm. of of um, the leadership on the team. So he ha- he followed with 22 points. Um, so I think that the the Suns overall are well. They're going to be well contested. I mean, they played. They took that L against the Clippers, right? Paul George <laughs> scored 39 points. I mean, how can you get past that? Yeah. <laughs> huh. um, so they definitely have some growing to do, I feel like, against uh, definitely more veteran, more built teams like the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, even the Warriors, they may struggle a little bit. But considering that they, they've gone, they went 13 of 14, dating back from the bubble. They won 13 games out of 14 games. That's, mm-hmm. that's a lot for Phoenix. That that's, is. You know, <laughs> um, that's a lot for Phoenix. And and then not only that, but they lost their Hall of Famer, Paul Westfall. They did a moment of silence for him. So that's yeah. kind of like, it, it, it's, you know, they have to grieve and things like that. But it's just kind of like the legacy they he left behind for him to die in such a crazy period in the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that gives a little more motivation to them to do better because he did go to the finals. You know, he did create a really big name for himself and the Suns, and then he went back and coached. Um, so, and also, definitely also want to mention, I guess, the, rapper, the Raptors, they had 21 three-pointers. So I think they're, you know, they're doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, that's a lot. And we have to remind the people that are listening, we're talking about the Suns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's crazy because... I mean, we've always hoped, I mean, for for myself, I always hope for them to, like, come out of that little slump they've had, as well as the Kings. Like, I kind of just, I I cheer on the, the poor, you know, defenseless teams, and just to see this happening before my eyes, it, like, it makes me happy to see them, like, growing so much, and as you mentioned, like, finally being good, and it really is a team effort. Like, we all know the Suns are Chris Paul and Devin Booker, but... And we, they all hear about them. But the rest of the squad is putting in work, how you mentioned. It's not just those two players. Definitely. And, um, for example, I think they played the Kings twice in a row. And in their first game, the Suns lost 106-103. to 103. And in that mm-hmm. first game, Booker had 26 points and then I think like three rebounds or three assists. And Chris Paul himself had 22 points, five rebounds, and 12 assists. Well, they went back. They, you know, they kind of regrouped. And uh, we go back to shout out to Coach Williams. They regrouped and they won the next game 116 to 100. And it wasn't so much the help of Booker and Chris Paul, but it was with uh, Michael Bridges and Cameron Johnson that they came out with the win. So it's not only 
on the shoulders of Paul and Booker. It really is a team effort, and you can tell as they're like tied for first place in the Western Conference. So, I mean, I think just as soon as their chemistry picks up a little bit, because I think maybe that's what's missing, I feel like they can just keep going. And then Booker is just getting a little bit more comfortable with himself, as you, as we, as I've kind of noticed in the first eight games, he's averaging what twenty one points. Yep. Eight rebounds, four assists. I mean, leading the team right now. Not even Chris Paul, yeah. the veteran. You know, like uh, all time scoring list, all that. No, Devin Booker is like, now nah, it's my time to shine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, as soon as that chemistry just continues and it hits, they're gonna go on a streak. And I mean, to mention how well they're doing with what less than two months ago they were playing or three months ago, it's crazy. So. The Suns mm-hmm. are looking good. They're off to a hot start. The other hot team <laughs> in the West <laughs> is, of course, the Lakers, the defending champs, who Ooh. got a bit of an upgrade during the offseason, um, kind of as expected. They are currently on a four-game winning streak, um, four-game road trip winning streak. So they have won yes. four games, not at home. And they're back today. They're actually playing the Spurs right now as we're talking. And so what do you think how the Lakers, are they playing to your expectations? I think they're still kind of feeling it out considering that, like we've talked about recently, they lost a good few general people from their lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Rondo yeah. and Dwight. So it's kind of like they're – those guys really meshed. I mean, they won a championship together. Yeah. <laughs> so now it's like they still want to be a championship-caliber team, but now they have these new pieces. Uh, but I think so far, honestly, we've seen worse from the Lakers as far <laughs> as the start, okay? <laughs> uh, for them to have a four-game on-the-road running streak, when I saw that, I was like, oh, excuse me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, LeBron is not playing any games. He's playing his regular regular 30 30 semi minutes yeah. uh 80s doing the same they kind of just they're starting the season off pretty pretty hot and pretty on fire and even the new guys that they've added like Dennis Schroeder mm-hmm. and Harold uh n- not so much consistent I would say but as far as adding new energy and and meshing just from the beginning is like, okay, this has really, really well built potential to go on. And even the younger guys like, uh, is, uh, Horton Tucker, a rookie. I always forget. I don't think he's, um, he's not. No, no. Okay. Um, but a new addition, a Horton Tucker, Wesley Matthews. Uh, I mean, these are guys that, you know, are stepping up, Mm -hmm. uh, in place of other you know, other guys, they want to be champions too. They, they've seen what it is to win a ring and they want to go do that too. And I think that's, what's making them look so good. Yeah. Like how can you not play exceptionally well when you have LeBron and AD and then they just won a championship and now it's like your turn. All you gotta do is step it up a little bit and you can get a championship too. So I feel like maybe they know what's, they know what team they're on and how they have to play. And that's why you mentioned like, it's still the LeBron James and Anthony Davis show, clearly. But there Definitely. are players that are stepping up. Like you mentioned Dennis Schroeder, THT. He got a good start at the beginning of the season. And then you have other players as well, like Marcus Gasol. He was kind of eh, but now he's like getting a little momentum. And then you yeah. have, yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it comes and goes. 
But when you have LeBron and AD on your team, <laughs> you cannot like lose. They're going to will their way to a win, especially with LeBron. If Definitely. AD is not having his, his typical night or he's not being as aggressive, you know LeBron James is. And so if you're not on it, you better get with it. Uh, but <laughs> I think it's also been kind of, I don't, we already mentioned it's kind of been odd the beginning of the season. I found it odd as well that they had, um, they're playing against the Spurs for their third time, I think, like, in the last eight days this the week. The Spurs got to be tired of them. I'm I would be like, tired of them, yeah. okay? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a good way to, like, to regroup and see what you did wrong and try to, you know, tweak stuff here, lineups here and there. But, I mean, how yeah. it doesn't really gauge how good or how bad the Lakers are or their chemistry or if they're their lineups or whatever it may be just because they keep on playing the same team I think but maybe mm-hmm. with process and like with time we get to see them against other teams and like oh okay well maybe they can be they can be better here or they can be better there but I mean it's just eight games LeBron is killing as usual he's averaging 24 points nine rebounds and seven assists per game these I mean, it's just so. Gosh, how how does he do it? And he's like such a leader. Also, like he, if the Lakers go down or if they kind of let go of a run, he's always the one kind of make making them making sure they're on it. And um, I mean, if they just continue with that pace and continue to do so, and like you mentioned as well, like he's not even playing that many minutes. I mean, mm-hmm. how how tired mm-hmm. can he get? He can't get tired. He's ready for the playoffs. No, 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 they're they're already they're definitely playing at at a caliber high right now. I think that some games you could definitely see the tiredness. Um, for example, I mean they're honestly the Lakers are probably tired of playing the Spurs too <laughs> <laughs> at this point because it's not the the Spurs are very youthful. You know, they're the youngest team in the NBA right now. Their head coach is uh, is you know the famous greg popovich so it's not like there's no competition there yeah um and these guys are if if the spurs are gonna learn anything from the lakers is how to beat them <laughs> That's, yeah you know you know what i'm saying like they 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 understand they're in the same conference they have to compete with them at a high level now for them to play three games and like you said the like a week or so apart that's it's a little, it's a little rough. It's probably a little it exhausting for both sides. Um, but you definitely saw that versus the Spurs. I think their second game, eighty came out regardless and scored thirty five points. Um, but it was a pretty close game the whole time, mm-hmm. and it was it was basically saved off of a a, a botched dunk, and then uh, Kuzma tipped it in, gave them the lead with almost uh, maybe a, a little under a minute left. So it, it's little moments like that where you can see that the Lakers are, I mean, like all teams, they're recovering from the fact that mm-hmm. they just basically ended a season. We're still in disarray as far as the pandemic goes, still playing without fans. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're away from their families for a long time. So you, you could see that fatigue and that wear and tear on them. Oh, but yeah. they still look capable of winning. I mean, they came into what game was this? Uh, the Grizzlies game about a week ago. And when they came in, they were the only team that were ranked top five in efficiency for offense and defense. Wow. So that's saying a lot for yeah. for them just That's a, a stat right in. there for sure. Damn. Exactly. <laughs> so. 
So I guess we can see a lot from just eight games. Never mind. <laughs> Keep those stats coming. <laughs> Hey, I'm trying. I'm reading over here. <laughs> um, the, well, yeah, damn. That I, I'm that one kind of got me because I was like, oh, yeah, that's really that's good. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it's pretty definitely solid. Um, just across the board, regardless of how they look in game, across the board, it's how you finish. Yeah, it's, that's just really how it is. You may be down. 15 or 10 or something like that but if you come back within the last seconds i mean that's not only game awareness you know time awareness but just maturity of players mm -hmm. and how to work the clock for themselves like we're not trying to have another um lebron and oh my gosh why is his name escaping me right now the meme the meme where they're like looking at each other jr smith jr smith <laughs> We're I got not you, girl. One of those moments ever again where nobody knows what the score is and how much time left on the clock and stuff like that. So you could tell that they're learning from their mistakes, and mm -hmm. not only that, but Frank Vogel. I mean, you got to give claps to him too. Yep, he's doing a great job coaching. <laughs> He is. He is. The lineups have been great. The movement around, because also the Lakers are not playing with their full team. Caruso has been out. Um, KCP was out for two games. So it's kind of just all everybody's everywhere also. So on top of to have your team winning, some players in, some players out for one day, then you have other days and you're just moving around with lineups. I think he deserves some praise there too because it's easy to say, well, you have LeBron in AD, but the supporting players, everybody else is not just them. And he's been able to kind of move things around and make things work with what he has so i agree with yeah. that one as well mm -hmm. and everybody's pretty healthy so i feel like if they continue on that trip of healthiness they'll definitely be unstoppable and i wouldn't be surprised if they extend their winning streak yeah several more games knock so. on wood nothing major no major injuries please. yes please jesus <laughs> <laughs> Let's but um in the shadow of the Lakers, mm, the <laughs> other LA the team. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're currently third in the West. Yeah. And um, I'm just going to say it Paul George is off to a very, very good start. And I'm a little bit bitter just because he didn't come to the Lakers. But, mm -hmm. on, but as a player, as a person, I'm really like happy for him because everyone. I saw that first game and we all, I thought it. So I'm just going to include everybody with me. So we all knew Pandemic P was back and we're like, oh no, what's going on? Yeah, no, I, I already had my Twitter fingers ready for it, but he shut me right up. I'm like, good thing I didn't tweet anything because he managed to find a rhythm within that one game and um, he is playing as expected. At that yeah. first game, I was like, no, 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 here we go again. And then he was like, no, shut up, Leslie. And I did. He, <laughs> he finished with 33 points, six rebounds, and three assists. And not only that, he made 13 of his 18 shooting attempts. That's 72% from field gold range. That's crazy. Yeah, and he was a plus 17. So it was definitely a well-earned win against the Lakers. On that side, that's probably the most positive talk you're ever gonna get from me from the Clippers. <laughs> yeah, no, he was he was definitely kind of like the oh, dagger. Yeah, that, that took them out. That they played like what was it like a few days before Christmas or after Christmas? Yeah, and they and they got beat. So yeah, I was shocked. yeah, 
that was surprising, but you know, it's just the beginning. Yeah. It's just yeah. the beginning. But, I mean, uh, but definitely he's, I mean, he's leading the team scoring wise, mm-hmm. averaging 24.6 points. And you can tell that when he's not on the floor, that the Clippers are going to have to figure out how they struggle. to struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're going to have to figure out how to spread that talent elsewhere because, what game was it that they lost? I think they lost to the yeah they lost to the Spurs, which is also ironic. The Clippers have lost to a few teams <laughs> yeah. that the Lakers have, have not been, lost yeah. to. So I noted that down. I was like, mm. <laughs> what is happening? Um, so and then the Spurs scored a franchise high twenty three pointers on them, which means they were lacking in defense yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kawhi tried to you know make up for it with thirty points and and ten assists, but that just it's not enough when you have somebody like Paul George who is putting up numbers throughout the whole stat line. Yep. Um, and that's your only other guy. Like these guys have to s- step up. Now I know uh, Marcus Morris, he's been kind of in and out. He's been hurt. Mm-hmm. Sergi Baca's trying to like, I feel like he's trying to feel his way out. Cause he's been with the Raptors for, for a good minute now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know he really came there to play with Kawhi. So it's like, but you still got to get used to all like, I don't know, like 13 other guys you play with, you know what I'm saying? So they have more kinks to work out, I feel like. What I am super happy about is that Kwai played... Girl, when I heard this this morning... (laughs) I know what you're going to say. Kwai played his first (laughs) back-to-back game in 134 games. That's a record for for the league. That's the 2021 miracle we've been waiting for. He has not played a back-to-back game since 2017. Imagine that. My guy. (laughs) I mean, God bless. That means he's feeling better, you know, for his health-wise. But imagine that's four years, right? Yes. Yeah, four years. That's a lot. Imagine LeBron would would do that. Ugh. Never hear the end of it. He's saying like, "Oh, I haven't gone to work twice in a row (laughs) in four years." Like, "Oh, must be nice. Must be convenient." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but I think you know, Ty Lue came out and was like, "Uh, he's healthy." And Kwai said that he was the one that said he wanted to play back to back games, Mm -hmm. whatever. I think that the mentality is shifting and it first off, it has to shift if the Clippers ever want to win a championship with who they have. Yeah. You don't see LeBron sitting out two, three games yeah. for load management. Like I never want to hear that phrase ever again. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm with you. Like if it's really because of his health, then I totally understand. But how? Like, what are the odds that now he's playing back to back games after mm-hmm. an article came out that you know some people or some players within the Clippers organization before, like current or previous seasons, have kind of been annoyed that everything has worked around Kawhi Leonard and his mm-hmm. and his load management and him sitting out games. It's like, what a coincidence that after that came out and everybody tried to say it wasn't true, that now he's playing back-to-back games. And it's because it's you want to be treated fairly. Yeah, you understand maybe you're not a star player, you're not as great as Kawhi, but he shouldn't be having that much control over like scheduling and this is the game I'm going to play, especially if you're trying to win a championship. I feel like that's where it rubs people the wrong way. And if it's really about his health, well, then I'm glad he's finally super healthy and feeling himself that he's able to play back-to-backs because 
it's been a long time. It's been a long time. And unlike Definitely. Paul George, Leonard is kind of off to a not so great start for trying to say that he feels so much better. He's not off to a great start like he has been before. No. And that was even previously before his mouth got busted open by Serge Ibaka. So I'm like, that was rough. I, now he's yeah. mask quiet. I don't think he knows how to function. <laughs> but <laughs> like, his mask is yeah. the most ridiculous kind of mask I've seen <laughs> on any player. I'm like, how do you how do you breathe in that? <laughs> it's like all over his mouth, and there's a small awkward like face like cut out for his lips it's so weird <laughs> it's like the anti like covid mouth like you want your mouth to be covered and everything is covered but his mouth but anyway that's like a whole different story but like but, you know but before that he was already not off to a great start so even adding that now he has to play with the mask he had to get stitches he had to be out i just feel like it's kind of adding up and i feel like i'm also used to seeing like leonard go to a team and be the leader of that team. So it's kind of right. unusual for me to see him start this way. And it's unusual to see Paul George being like that it man or that playmaker for the Clippers. I mean, they're winning-ish. But I feel like they're not really meshing. They just have mm-hmm. to find a way for both of them to kind of be that duo that they were sold on. To play both well at the same time. Yeah. It's Which definitely I think, awkward. You you could feel like the awkwardness yeah, of it. There's some I feel like I don't know. I don't want to jinx it. I'm not trying to be like a Clippers hater. I'm really not, but there's something <laughs> there. There's just something. I don't know what it is, but there's something because yeah. they should be better than what they're proving to be on the floor. Even Lou Williams, he's kind of been like unexceptional. Yeah, that's true. And too. I, I heard, and I like, love you Williams. Hear, like he's already, you know, yes. killed some kind of um, amazing stat line. Yeah, or, I don't know. Something or made like an amazing that. shot, and I had like, yeah, it's been kind of non-existent, which sucks because I really like him as a player. So I don't know if it's if it has to do with the front office vibe. I'm not really sure what is happening. But they're not really clicking. That chemistry is not there. Like you mentioned with Ibaka, he has to kind of. Bill get together with this whole new team but it's not happening but it's only happening for some reason of top to paul george <laughs> he's <Yeah>. good <laughs> he said he's I, ready to win he's, yeah he was like he was like i took enough crap in the bubble oh and, yeah for and sure before that and i got you know i mean to lack of a better phrase his asshole got like torn apart by mm-hmm. all the critics <laughs> like he was just out there saying whatever he wanted doing whatever he wanted shooting all terrible yeah. and i guess in the last few months he was in the gym every day cuz that's what it seems like yeah and yeah i i think the clippers they're they're awkward and everybody needs to kind of understand what their role is mm-hmm. uh as far as you know who's gonna be, who's gonna be where, when, how, who's gonna play off of whoever else's plays. Like you know, their strengths and weaknesses. I don't think they've had time to really uh, figure that out yet. That's true. That is so true. Yeah, because Paul George is doing better when Kawhi is not playing as great, and that shouldn't be that way. But it's also, I think, what you mentioned, like, he struggled a lot in the bubble, and then I think he mentioned that he wasn't all there mentally, and he mm. was, like, checking out. I mean, I don't know if it's real or not. That's just what he said. So, I mean, I can imagine just being isolated and being somewhere by yourself, and I don't know, right. it could get to you. And so now, 
technically he's in a better good he's in a better headspace and it definitely does reflect on the floor so i'm like just like is it that or is it Kawhi not playing well or like what what is it you know what but it, yeah. i i i like the word the the word that you use to describe it it's awkward it's like totally awkward <laughs> like mm-hmm. i wonder what it's like thank god media is not allowed to be like in that like bubble kind of like asking questions and stuff because or in the locker rooms that would have been such an awkward experience because yes. <laughs> it's like i don't know i mean probably what we would have gone down to it already what's happening but damn yeah yeah it's they need it's to get definitely it they got a bumpy road ahead of them i don't think we'll be able to kind of understand well, like if they're gonna go south or if they're gonna go north until probably i would give it a few dozen games until they kind of figure it out. They they were slow to start last year. Mm-hmm. They're still grieving that horrible loss in the playoffs <laughs> that are. I continue to laugh about to this day. Um, so never yeah. forget. <laughs> growing, growing pains. Yeah. Hashtag never forget. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll see how they go. I mean, there's another team that's also struggling within our West Coast division, which is the Warriors, but. They're six in the West, so we're going in order. They are exactly at 500 right now. They have a four and four record. I mean, they're not playing like super bad. They're playing okay, but as we're used to seeing the Warriors, they are not at that level. They are mm-hmm. beating the teams that we are expected them to beat, but they are losing yeah. to teams that we expect them to lose to. So it's not really doing much. And I just, they need to start winning some of those games that we expect them to lose if they want to do something of the season. I don't know if the end game here is for them to reach the playoffs. I know every team says they want to reach the playoffs, but I don't know if it's really their end game, especially with Klay Thompson like being out for the season. Yeah. And there is some sort of expectation from Curry and Draymond Green, like, let's be honest, to start to be good and start the season well. And I feel like for the most part, Curry has not done his part. And that was until, again, like, for some reason I have these opinions and the player's like, let me shut them up really quick. Because <laughs> then he went and he got his 62-point game. <laughs> yeah, because so, all that slander. All yeah. The, everybody was calling him out, so, you know, he took it personally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the Warriors and Curry have not had an exceptional start. And we kind of figured it would happen, but I just, I don't know. I just figured, like, if we put LeBron James or we put, like, other players that are at that level, we expect more from them, given the teams that they have. And so I feel like we should expect that same from Curry. And if he's not performing, then he shouldn't be too upset at us for, like, not putting him at the same level as LeBron James. That's how I feel like it. Because if it would have been LeBron in any other team... They would have been like, oh, no, you have LeBron. You have to be winning. So now exactly. you have Stephen Curry. You have to be winning. And I think I don't and I don't want to be like, oh, because of our talking shit, <laughs> we got mm-hmm. him to kind of to the 62 point game. But we kind of had to, like, start talking about it, if not to push him and ignite some kind of fire. Can and you, we bullied Paul George into being better. Right. Can <laughs> 
know. I feel like I'm, such a bully. Never mind. I'm, just I'm sorry, no, it's fine. Sometimes we need a little bully to motivate. <laughs> we motivated them. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe not the word bullying, but we motivated them. You're right. And I yes. honestly, and I really don't want to put it all on Curry because the Warriors started the season. I mean, their first game, you have to play against the Nets, followed by the Bucks. Like, how are you going to win like that? Yeah. And without Draymond Green. So it was basically all on Curry. So I really don't want to be like, you have to win. But there has to be some motivation, some aggression. And I feel like that's kind of what's been missing from Curry that we haven't seen. And finally, I think he reached that moment with that 62-point game. Yeah, I, I definitely think that was a pinnacle moment for him. I mean, it was a career high. It was, you know, record recognized across the league, across just the sports world in general. Because, yes, we know Curry is this tough player. He's been with... Oh my gosh, he's been with the Warriors for what, 10 years? Almost 10 years now? I feel like it's been Decade. forever. Yeah. But even before their whole, you know, uh, championship run and their kind of top tier moment uh, as far as for their franchise, Curry was by himself before then and he was not gonna lie kind of playing like he is now like Mm -hmm. he was getting these high scoring games and then he would get games like where he scored 12 points against the Clippers after he did that whole 92 points within two games so it's just like okay you can't you can't do that (laughs) you know what I'm saying like especially when you have such a young a younger team uh and, and and a team that's very new to each other new to themselves they're looking to you to be the leader. So you got to step up and not only step up when you hear slander or take it personally or whatever, mm-hmm. you have to step up every day if you want to be the leader, if you want to uh, motivate your team to do better because that's how most teams work. You know, you got these veteran guys, they have experience, they have wisdom to give, etc. And And it's kind of like that energy sets the tone for the rest of the team. So when you have Curry kind of lackadaisically playing basically how how you were saying like he was kind of not shying away from the spotlight it's like no bro now's your time shine yeah (laughs) so especially considering when you have other teammates like Andrew Wiggins or Eric Pascal they're only averaging uh Wiggins is averaging about 17 Pascal is averaging about 11 um and Curry's averaging 29.6 like that's such a big that's such a big difference, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's and that's the thing, I think, that, for example, like you said, like Curry is the only like star player right now on the Warriors, quote-unquote. He needs mm-hmm. to be pulling at least 30, 40, 50 points per night if they want to win. Right. And on the other side for the Suns, Devin Booker had a shitty team last season, and he right. was pulling those numbers just to try to get wins. So I feel like they're both great shooters. Yes, Curry's even better of a shooter. Where is that aggressiveness, that leader mentality that you have to kind of be scoring all these points to get your team to win? So that's why I feel like is the Warriors' intention really to win this season? I don't think so because I don't think Curry is looking confident enough in his team and in his team in in Draymond Green to pull it all the way. Yeah, I don't think so. Or even confidence in himself. Which is sad. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying that's sad. <laughs> no, it is sad. It is sad. And I, and I was going to say the, I feel like the expectation we have of Draymond Green being Curry's like number two guy, like they're supposed to be their 
you know, key two players mm-hmm. is is a little unrealistic because one, Draymond has never been like a scorer. Mm-hmm. Like he's an energy giver, yes, he's a defensive player for sure. But as far as scoring or assisting, that's not really Draymond. Yep. So Curry's going to have to figure out who is his number two. Green could be his number three. That's totally fine. But, and especially since I feel like he's always hurt. He's always tweaking something or twisting something or spraining something. And Mm -hmm. he's out two to three games. And that's not good for chemistry either, nor is it good for consistency. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we miss Clay so much. I think we all miss Clay. (laughs) Curry especially. If the Splash Brothers were united, we would be good. Yep. Like, the Warriors would be good. There would be no doubt or question. If Curry was having a sucky night, well, Clay would pick it up. You Mm -hmm. know, but now it's just like, well, there's no Clay, and Curry's a little inconsistent. Uh, So what what are we going to do now? So, yeah, the question remains, are they really shooting for playoffs this year? Uh, I don't know. I think they're going to do kind of a second level up of what they did last season, which mm-hmm. was just play, make sure their teammates figured each other out, and just take it from there. Granted, this is definitely a better start than last season <laughs> yep. when they had no superstars on their team at all. Uh, and I think there's there's hope, but I feel like they are going to probably – these are early predictions, obviously, but yeah. I'm I'm thinking like maybe 9, 10, 11. Like they're going to fall right outside of that playoff top eight. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's winning is their goal, especially if they don't expect to have Thompson in time for the playoffs and especially with this new season and all this stuff going on. I don't know if it's gonna he's going to be ready or if you want to push him that far. But, I mean, Curry is still Curry. He's still a great shooter. I just wish he would find his confidence to be Definitely. himself and to play like that. And he is coming off an injury as well, so maybe he has some time to get into it. And the team is fairly new, so you have players like James Wiseman, Aubrey Jr., Wiggins, who have to get used to playing with one another. On top of that, some of the Warrior vets that have been there, It's I feel like it's just a mess-ish. But Curry still has it, and I want him to do, like, use it. (laughs) Like, those 60-point games, you got to be a little bit more. Like, you got to give me at least 30 or 40 every single game. And it can't be all or nothing. You know, like like I said, we went, like, 62, 30, and then 12. Like, what do you... How you go from (laughs) 9 to 60? (laughs) At least least give me, like, a little little average, a little 20-some every game. But, you know, don't be dropping the ball every other game. That's just... That's not how leadership works, yep. and I don't think maybe he's completely accepted that role either yet mm-hmm. of of leadership. But I also did want to mention their their rookie James Wiseman has been looking pretty good. He's definitely a hopeful candidate as far as a uh, top tier player, top tier leader, top tier scorer. You know, he's in the last eight games, he shot forty six percent from field goal range. Uh, he's had. 10 or more points in the last three games. So he's a little mm. bit of a, low, a slow start, but, I mean, he is a rookie. 
He has to get adjusted to professional basketball. It's definitely different from college. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's definitely a hopeful piece. And I'm glad to see that he's fitting in because everybody was like, oh, he won't fit. Mm -hmm. Whatever. It's weird. So, (laughs) yeah, for sure. The Warriors are are watching him play. They love it. And I'm pretty sure they're that's what their focus is going to be. They're not really focused on winning. They're going to make sure that Wiseman fits perfectly into the Warriors for the next season to come. When everybody's healthy and so they can like blow us away with their championship win. I already know. Damn. damn. <laughs> you got <laughs> but it. Let yeah. me call it, y'all. <laughs> Drop mic. <laughs> and then watch it not happen and I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We'll go back and delete that part. Check <laughs> it out. All right. And then we have our last team, seventh in the West. They're also at a cool 500. They just won against the Bulls yesterday, and those are our Sacramento Kings. Oh, my God. Mm. How exciting. We actually have something to kind of chat about. Wow. (laughs) Go ahead, Bronna. I'll let you start. (laughs) I know, because I've been calling them out this whole time. I'm like, they need to do something. They need to shake the table. You've been picking on them. You've been picking on them. (laughs) Stop sucking so bad. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. If the Knicks can start with a winning season, then the Kings can start. Come on. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we could get it together. I mean, they have a, they, they have a new coach, right? Oh. I did not write that down. No, I Sorry, think Sorry, I'm terrible already. But you did mention their last game against the Bulls, which actually was like a really defining moment for them and their, their rookie, Tyrese Halliburton, especially, and we're going to talk about this because we totally forgot to like incorporate it, but um, his his mature response to what was happening on the U.S. Capitol mm-hmm. uh, yesterday, not only did he he had he like broke out in the fourth quarter scored 15 points um and went uh perfect three of three from the from the extended line so he coming out and doing that on a night and then having such an emotional but uh intellectual response to what's going what happened in the u.s capitol was hopeful for the kings and not only that but they're you know, their comeback guys, Darren Fox um, and Bagley, they're, they're scoring, they're getting points. Uh, Fox is leading the team with 18 points per game. Now, that's definitely not enough <laughs> to be averaging if you're going to lead the team. Uh, but I think there's, there's like a small spark like a little baby spark that they could like turn into like a little campfire. (laughs) (laughs) If we want to use metaphors, Um, they lost two games back to back in Houston. Oh, Luke Walton. I was like, why did I, I think he's still their coach. Is their coach. Yeah. So Luke Walton, you know, he didn't, he didn't do too well with the Lakers, Mm -hmm. but maybe he could do better with a more younger, more flexible, um, and, and, What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Trying to influence them to, you know, just do better uh, as far as maturity-wise playing on the floor, playing against a lot of different teams and a lot of different guys. So I, my proud moment is that they, are, they look better than last year, and that is a step. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah con- congrats for, like, being a little bit better. But I feel like they're just stuck. To be honest, right. I feel like they're just stuck and they haven't made the correct changes overall to get them out of like where they're at. Like I have been, I have been saying this, the Kings, like 
their front office, I feel like, is not there because they keep, they one, they can't seem to draft, right? With the yeah. exception of maybe like De'Aaron Fox, who has been playing really well. Not enough, obviously, to get them into a better seating. But, like, they can't seem to draft. They can't seem to keep any of their drafts either. Like, they trade people away. They get trades back. And nothing seems to be working for them for, like, the past eight, seven years. Like, and it's just, like, oh, my goodness. Like, I feel so, like, they. I feel like they need to make a change. Like, I don't know who... I'm not into the Kings organization. I don't know who they need to fire, who they need to change, what movement they need to make. But I feel like they're kind of stuck how the Lakers were stuck with um, Jeannie Buss's brother, like, leading the team. Like, I, that's how I feel like they are right now. It's like, you need, like, to do, like, a complete, like, rehaul and, like, freshen things up, get new eyes in there because they they're just not... It's just not making sense. And yeah, they're playing great right now, but are they going to go to the playoffs? Is it going to lead to a championship? I don't think so. I don't think so. And then you have like these outside basketball dramas happening as well. Like I I try to search. I did my research. I try to find the most, you know, something that said something good about the Kings. But like all I could find was that Marvin Bagley's father um, is like, he's also on Twitter asking for the Kings to trade his son. And it's just oh creating like gosh, I did hear about that. I forgot about that. Oh my god, it's just creating like so much outside mess that the Kings like really don't need that the team doesn't need, especially like if they're doing okay right now, they don't need this extra outside chatter. So I'm like, it's definitely gonna mess with whatever chemistry they had at this point or whatever dynamics they had. And it's just like something is just not right. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's definitely been off for a while, definitely definitely get what you're saying yeah. they have been probably one of the worst teams in the nba for way 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 too long yeah. and and to add to that funny bit um <laughs> i don't know why this gave me a kick the other day but somebody had tweeted like the aaron fox's dad's name is aaron and i don't know why that was just so funny <laughs> aaron like, just, <laughs> yes i get it <laughs> Like, the air, like... Oh, like, my God. Yeah, we're going to flex it up a little bit. We're not going to go, like, Aaron the second. <laughs> oh, my or God. Or Aaron Jr. We're going to go the air. Stop. So, but imagine that's probably what they're looking at, and they're all laughing, and it's just... <laughs> Can you imagine the locker room awkwardness? Oh, my goodness. I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh they have so much potential, but there seems to be something that's pulling them away from it. And it sucks to see it because they're like my new sons now. Like, I'm rooting for them, want them to root for them. But all this extra yeah. stuff happening is, like, not good for them. Not good at all. Or, like, I don't know. They're going to have I feel like if they want, I don't know. They're going to have to do some trades or something to deal with that mess if it continues. Because from what I've heard, Marvin Bagley the third's father is, like, he got his own opinions and he's going to make them be known so we shall see um what's his name i know i don't know and lonzo Lonzo ended up getting traded always on the west coast like what's what's in y'all's water (laughs) right everybody want to be so hollywood it's not even that great let me tell you (laughs) you know that makes perfectly perfect good sense like just airheadedness like it's not worth it but no you're you're really not though (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> they, they say some um, some humbleness or something. Yeah, of the kings. I don't know. But um, but going back to what you mentioned about the how mature he's. Um, what was his name? How he spoke. Yeah, how he spoke. Like I just really like saying his name. I don't know why. <laughs> one more time. One more time. Tyrese Halliburton. Now do it like with the ASMR. <laughs> Oh, no, I hate those things. Those really <laughs> me out. Wait, did I even say it right? Is it like, do people say it ASMR or do they say the whole thing? Smart? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I, I think, think I said it right. Okay. <laughs> I think they spell it out, yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, like, um, more on a serious topic because things are happening right as we're, like, doing this podcast, during games. I mean... Things are getting kind of crazy. Thank God, like, you're in Texas. I'm in California. Things seem to be a little bit not as crazy as what's happening in D.C. But um, would you like to just give maybe, like, a recap of what's been happening? And then we can go into how teams, players, coaches have responded to Yeah, I think it's definitely important uh, for us to talk on this topic, not only Mm -hmm. because it's affecting every inch of the world. You you cannot look, go outside and not be affected by what's happening um, at our capital with our our current president. Sorry, it makes me so frustrated (laughs) to think that he's still in office Mm -hmm. Um, and, and just the chaos and the the lack of understanding or awareness or maybe the refusal of awareness to understand what uh, the current president is doing as far as inciting violence, encouraging violence and anger and privilege. I mean, uh, just like to quote Doc Rivers, if I mean, if you haven't seen people broke into the U.S. Capitol yesterday um and just were walking through and destroying things and taking things and running around with things and smoking marijuana and i i mean like to think about it i'm like yo this really happened i'm still processing the fact that that our u.s capital was embarrassed like that that's embarrassing and not going to be in history books that's how crazy it is exactly like our kids will learn about that day like they will have to come home and be like mom dad whatever i learned about this today like were you like there whatever and i'm gonna have to talk to them about that and i'm like this should have never ever 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 happened one and two the way it was handled was like it was like a walk in the park it Mm -hmm. was like a carnival scene because if it was black people or people of color or immigrants or anybody else who is non-white basically had, wa- mm-hmm. had did that people would have been dead in the street automatically snipers uh, people I-, I mean for the black Lives matters protests you just i've seen so many comparisons of you know white guy with literally like u.s capitol podium walking through smiling and then um, you know, just a black girl trying to talk to police, getting pepper sprayed with no weapons, no mm-hmm. nothing. Like, I'm, I, the contrast is what frustrates me. Yep. And the basketball scene has been at the front, you know, trying to demand justice. And then the verdict came out that uh, the officers in Jacob Blake shooting are not going to be charged, which is not surprising, but it's all it's still discouraging. Yep. Um, and a lot of the NBA players. My issue is I feel like what else are y'all going to do besides 
hold arms or take a knee because I'm like, y'all did that already. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now it's y'all need to do more. But I, I don't know how you feel about it. I I completely agree. Like, it's, it's not shocking. It is embarrassing because, like, I'm American, so I'm going to be... Like I'm, I'm associated with that, which is like ew. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I really don't ew. want to, you know. But it's like, like you mentioned, the privilege, the audacity to just walk in there and think that you have the right to walk into a government building, mm. and for the officers or the people in charge to kind of enable your right by not doing anything to you, like <laughs> that is like exactly unbelievable. And what you mentioned as well, what Doc Rivers said. I mean, he's always been vocal about social issues. And, of course, this issue was no different, especially since it happened yesterday, right before um, the games had begun. He said, he said, I'll say it because a lot of people don't want to. Like, could you imagine today if those were all black people storming into the Capitol and what would have mm-hmm. happened? And even the fact that it's a rhetorical question, because we can all answer that question, is mm-hmm. so disheartening, it's so discouraging. And... um. Also, before hours before they uh, hours after, sorry, they um, stormed the Capitol. The Heat and Celtics were scheduled to take the floor. Both teams were kind of unsure whether they wanted to participate or play or not. I guess eventually they did decide to play, and um, each team released a statement. They both kneeled before the game, like in protest against um, during the national anthem. Except for one player, he who shall not be named. Oh, Lord. Because that's just, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. I feel you asked, what what more do they have to do? And I think that, look no further, but the WNBA has always been and will continue to lead with... Yes with um being pivotal role players in cultural issues and social issues and they have to look up to them because yeah. they are doing what I think NBA players should be doing with less respect to their name with less um notoriety resources and, and resources exactly like I ha- I'm reading I read the article and um Washington Mystics guard Natasha Cloud she opted out the past season to focus on social justice causes. Mm-hmm. Are, I'm waiting for an NBA player to opt out and be like, you know yeah. what? I'm going to play because I'm going to focus because this is our livelihood. I'm black exactly. or, or I stand with black people and I know and this should not happen. We all just yeah. like that's what I'm waiting for. And it's like the WNBA continues to be that that like leading that representation that shows you what you have to do. And it's going to suck because there's going to be one NBA player who's going to opt out and no one's going to remember that the WNBA did it first. But but I know and you know. And, I mean, they have been such, like, they are ahead of the cause. They're pivotal. I'm in Georgia. (laughs) Let's talk about the Atlanta Dream. In Georgia, the Atlanta Dream's owner was running for a scene in Senate. And their own team, the own Atlanta Dream, (laughs) helped... (laughs) They were pivotal in a role of helping a Democratic um, Warnock take the seat away from her or just basically win that election. And it's like, yeah. imagine, like, they're so cool. Like, they wore shirts that said her opposing, <laughs> the opposing party's team, and they probably did it right in front of her face. And it's yeah. like, to have that, 
that mindset to be that aggressive to have the balls to do it not even balls the ovaries to do it it's (laughs) amazing and the dream the WNBA know and have always been at the front of it and so I feel like if we had some players ask like what else can we possibly do you go right ahead and ask the WNBA because they've been right in front of you this whole time like they know what you have to be done and honestly I feel like if you take away basketball from people they're gonna be upset and what what other way to get people's attention with that if that's what you really want to do and I understand it's people's livelihood it's like not every player makes LeBron James money not everybody has that amount of resources to not work but I feel like something has to be done and if they really want to be taken seriously if the WNBA can do it you can do it too Exactly. And they they are leading the way, just like you said, and they deserve all of their flowers for literally helping flip an entire state Mm -hmm. to a opposite side of a political party. That takes, like you said, it takes ovaries because ovaries are such a painful thing to have. But Mm. we we strength through it anyways. Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, if they want to talk about pain. (laughs) But yeah, and you know, these WNBA players, this is not just the first time that they've been doing this. Um, you know, there, there are players who went out and started practicing law law, or, or focused on getting inmates released that were wrongly convicted. Mm-hmm. Um, they even have their reasoning for opting out as ad- advocacy. Advocacy is actually a thing. All the WNBA things that, you know, you could think of that they don't have. They're allowed to opt out of their season to promote things better within their communities. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing opportunity, and that's an amazing thing to do because not they're not always promised their money because they don't get paid enough as it is. Um, so for them to still take that sacrifice, to sacrifice even more to take their platform and use it for for the greater good is not only inspiring, but it deserves it's attention, it's congratulations. Um, you know, they deserve so much more, so, 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 so much more. It's like, oh my gosh, uh, with everything that they're doing. And LeBron James, yeah, he is a leader in the NBA as far as advocacy and giving money to the community and schools and, you know, paying for, for people's right to vote and et cetera. And sometimes you can't always put your money where your mouth is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, players were walking in those Black Lives Matter protests when, you know, granted, when it was all popular on social media mm-hmm. and everybody was, most people were locked away for COVID, but it's just like, okay, now what else are you going to do? Where, where are you going to put your foot down or your hand down or who are you going to call to um, project your influence? Because they have influence. Yep. That's, that's, the pur- that's the purpose. That's why people are doing this, why celebrities and athletes are stepping up to say, whatever they have to say, but now we're past saying, mm-hmm. we're past saying, we've been saying for the last 365 days, <laughs> uh, amidst everything else, what are you going to do? What are you physically going to do to advance, you know, the, the justice system? So I totally agree. I totally agree. They need to, if they really want to help and they really want to do something, I feel like the resources are out there for them to <clears throat> help the community and to learn what they can actually do. 
And it can be just as simple as you said, like, they're famous. They got so much influence around so many people. A simple tweet, a simple uh, something can help. Because we, I think, or I like to think, like, not everybody's like me. Not everybody knows what I know. Not everybody feels what I feel. So if you look up to a player like LeBron James, if you look up to a player like Stephen Curry to Steve Kerr or people that you respect or admire and you say, well, this is what they're telling me. Maybe they're right. And if that's how it goes, then you should, I mean, everybody should be posting on their social media, but just don't make it performative. Make sure you're actually doing for actual change. And I think it's, it's a tough line and it's tough to know who's actually being honest and actually cares. But there's people, like we said, LeBron James has put his money where his mouth is He's been posting. He's been um, very vocal about it. So I, it's I don't I don't put it beside him. But I feel like if they really want to do more within being NBA players, they gotta look up to the WNBA and stop mm. stop acting dumb. Like why? What should I do? Exactly. Ugh. Exactly. There's definitely something <laughs> you can do, but you're just ignoring it, which is a whole other different story. But you know they've. They're using their influence. They're speaking out. That's more than we can ask for other teams or other sports. So this this is also a very very true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a what a past couple days it's been. It's been crazy. It has, but I'm just and we're really I'm, what seven days into 2021. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm praying that it gets better. You know, sometimes it has to get worse for it gets better. But I mean, yesterday was pretty the worst of the worst. That was That's legit. Crazy a coup the first time anybody has broken into the capital since the war of 1812 that's the stat that gets me <laughs> Stop. oh my god Bronner, and her amazing stats 1812 that's like 200 years ago yes <gasps> i'm just here for the numbers don't mind me no <laughs> yeah wow. i mean facts are facts like when you lay them when you lay them out i mean you can't deny it you cannot deny uh just the chaos of it all and and the fact that we have to do better everybody everybody's going to take every single person that has the ability to do something to just simply do it because you see the people who don't want us to do it you see what they're doing mm-hmm. <laughs> you cl- uh so yeah you know, we can see it some- clearly i i think we should have a segment where you come and just bring in like your like facts because you just amaze like two facts in one podcast. We need like a little Bronos facts segments because yes, maybe we yes. gotta we gotta evolve and all that. Stuff. I, it's a request now. Every time we do a podcast, you're bringing me some facts. That's it. <laughs> Done. <laughs> I, I got you. I'm here for it. Perfect. Perfect. I, I think what we covered most of the upcoming season. I mean, not most of the beginning of the season. And everything else that's been going on behind the scenes. Did I? Did we miss anything? Because this was a lot. <laughs> I don't. I don't believe so. It's going to be a season, though. I'm excited. I, I hope. Uh, you know. I hope we get COVID under control. Vaccines are handed out, and we can actually have somewhat of a regular season. But I'm just glad to see that so far we're playing, and we'll be talking as long as they're playing. <laughs> and I think that's about it. So. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of West Coast Mix and Bounce with myself, Leslie Torres, and Bruno Marks. And then we'll see you on our ex- next episode. And hopefully we won't wait too long so we won't have to cover so much. But thank yeah. you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Yeah.